Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Cat Show. Um, today's episode is really exciting because I actually have somebody in my studio, and I rarely um, have someone in my studio. I'm usually um, connecting with my interviewees across the world. So today we have Dan O'Connor, who is the producing artistic director of Impro Theater. Let's have a big hand for Dan. <laughs> Dan is is basically the producing arst- artistic director for Impro Theater, which is a unscripted or improvisational theater company in Los Angeles. And I met Dan, I think, about a hundred years ago. Yeah, one hundred and fifty. Um, one hundred and fifty, yeah. taking um, uh, theater sports classes and being part of that company. And so years later, Dan has now built a new theater company um, that's doing a lot of really interesting things. And so as part of exploring how tech trends are impacting all sorts of business categories, um, I wanted Dan to kind of talk about what he's doing with Impro and how technology is helping take it to the next level. So give us some background on you first, because you have a, a fascinating life history. Uh, thank you for thinking I have a fascinating life history. Um <laughs> Well, I, you know, I went to drama school instead of a regular four-year college, and when I came back uh, to San Francisco after going to college, I, I stumbled into a theater sports class and um, was taught this form of improv that uh, is based on Keith Johnson's book, Impro, and um, started improvising on a regular basis. And because we were a young, new company, because we all took the class and then created a company in San Francisco, I began teaching at 23. And learning how to teach. And, and, imp- and improv in general, if for some reason you've never seen it. Is we're making up stuff on the spot. And okay. theater sports is competitive. It's basically like professional wrestling, but with very talented, funny, happy people. Yeah, and there's a, what's the TV show that people would know? Whose Line Is It Anyway? Whose Line Is It Anyway, Is, right? uh, is basically uh, theater sports with uh, no scores that really matter. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's taken off in the last while. It's taken off in a number of spaces, not mm-hmm. just in the creative space, but also in terms of improvisation being applied to to corporate stuff and to everything from um, healthcare to you know how we talk to children. Uh, but I got involved doing theater sports, came down here, and was doing corporate work and getting paid as an actor to go in and teach improvisation to companies and to organizations and NGOs, and it really. It, I kind of stumbled into it an entire career, and I've been doing it now since 1986. And you're very well known in the improv world because uh, you've been doing it for so long, even though you're very young. Yes, I'm very young. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you're you're well known because you've played in, uh, you've managed a lot of different companies, entities, you've played around the world, and you've turned it into a business. Yes. Um, we, about 10 years ago, we started Impro Theater because uh, there's a lot of us who've been doing improvisation for a long time in L.A. and around the world, but... But we started Impro Theater specifically because we wanted to do full-length improvised plays. So the difference for those folks out there who've seen Whose Line Is It Anyway or gone to see, you know, the local improv group in in a bar is that we make up a full-length play with sets and props and costumes and tech. On the spot. On the spot. 
Right. And if you haven't seen it, it's the most amazing thing in the world. And and you choose genres of which to build this show around. Yes. But for instance, we've been doing every December, every holiday season at the Broad stage in, in Santa Monica, we've been doing improvised Jane Austen. So people are, you know, in full Regency garb. Uh, and every night is a different show. Uh, we basically know that we're going to be in Regency England, but that's about it. We get a suggestion from the audience, and then we create a two-hour romantic comedy in the style of Jane Austen. We also do that with everything from Twilight Zone to, um, you know, John Ford Westerns. Yeah, it's amazing to me. I remember last year going to see you do Twilight Zone, and I remember that you played that, like, 1950s salesman you know so perfectly and like what i when i grew up watching reruns of twilight zone that was the guy yeah and you're so all your your main company everyone who does this manages to really fill the shoes of that that style of acting and all the funny metaphors yeah that that we all understand and we're trying to be true to to, to rod serling's work like the themes of, you know, anti-war and McCarthyism and things like that. So it's not just a parody. Like when we do Tennessee Williams, we don't just reference mendacity and bourbon. We actually, you know, try to do a play in the style of rather than a parody. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of improv groups and a lot of theater companies do parody work of, of famous writers. But we're actually tr trying to steep ourselves in the work and tell a really good story. And because we've become sort of narrative uh, story masters we've taken that work into to the business space uh in terms of how people communicate with each other and one of the things that's really resonated with folks is the idea that every relationship is a story and how well you tell that story directly affects the um the bottom line of that friendship or that engagement of that relationship. Is it sort of like, uh, you know, when I teach at Loyola, we talk about Joseph Campbell and the um, journey. Yeah. So, you know, and so everyone has an Obi-Wan Kenobi and everyone has a Darth Vader and, you know, everyone has, um, goes through, gets a challenge that they have to meet and then go through it, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I'm, we study different types of, and, and we bar, we study different types of story structure and how uh, and how that applies to you know we use stuff from Shakespeare when we do Chekhov we use stuff from Tennessee Williams when we do Rod Serling so it's it's it we're becoming um, students of story and and that translates in in a lot of ways to how um, visceral and how engaging the story is and one of the things that I, the, our audiences come back night after night because each show is different. And we have a different relationship with them. You know, if you go to Broadway and spend a hundred bucks on a ticket, you and you're watching Oklahoma, you're kind of in a passive place because you've seen Oklahoma before. Right, right. But if you come to one of our shows because somebody from the audience gave a suggestion, then uh, you are witnessing the play being written in real time in front of you, and there's a different engagement that happens, a different relationship between us and the audience, which is really fun and uh, very exciting because they're there at the moment of creation. Right. And you're, so you also have a school. Yes. That's attached to the main company. And then you also have a little theater. We have a studio where our students get to do, and sometimes the main company get to do a myriad of different types of genre work. Like we have um, one of our student groups that's become their own thing. Uh, Ripley does YA dystopian novel 
Improv. That's the name of the group, Ripley? Ripley, yeah. Okay. Uh, based on Ellen Ripley from the Alien series. I was thinking that's the only Ripley that's dystopian that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> so they named their improv group after yes. uh, after Alien. Yeah, so we have we have them. We have, uh, we, right now, there's an improvised Nancy Drew. There's uh, We had a show called Inspector Oxford, which is based on all of those sort of PBS British um, country gentleman cop shows. And and you guys, you bring this, the main company travels around the world kind of, and you do this at different theaters also, like theaters that have big audiences and are like proper yeah. huge theaters that people have subscriptions to. And yeah. That. We have a relationship with a company down in San Diego that's a, a very reputable theater, North Coast Rep. And their artistic director and myself get on the phone at the beginning of every season. They, he tells me what sets they have, and we program our shows to suit his sets. So we're we're a sustainable green theater company. Oh, as well, great! Because <laughs> we use their lighting, their sets with our props and our costumes, and we go down and uh, like we did a Chekhov play on a Ibsen set. So. That type of thing is really different uh, to be able to show up in a town and just use whatever sets there to create a play um, is really fun. And it's very exciting um, for the local audiences that we've gone to. And we uh, we're actually going this year. We're going to a festival in Arkansas and a festival in Dubai. No kidding. You're going yeah. to Dubai. We're going to Is Dubai. the whole company going? Uh, not the whole company, probably half the company. Wow, that's so great. That's yeah. like the Vegas of the Middle East. Yes, so we'll get to do Twilight Zone and I think Tennessee Williams in the Middle East. Oh my God, yeah. that, that that is amazing. And the other piece of this too is that you're all working actors. Yeah. Um, so this isn't your only thing you're doing. No, um, I mean, people in our company have done everything from... The Chris Guest movies, Floyd Van Buskirk was in A Mighty Wind. Um, I, you know, I did Seinfeld back in the day. Uh, Stephen Kieran has done a number of voices for uh, DreamWorks and also was a principal on a kid's show, Kirby Buckets, mm -hmm. the evil principal on that. So, um, and that's, there's 17 of us in the company, so I could bore the, the daylight. So, out of so you're all working actors, you all have other things going on, but but you all gather around this uh, impro theater umbrella, yeah. um, along with the school and the space to, to do different work. And why I wanted to talk to you is because, uh, in full disclosure, I sit on your board and I've also just been a friend of yours for many years and I'm always kind of giving you some digital advice. Yes. And so Dan and the company have started to really embrace a lot of technology and a lot of the trends that we talk about on the show to expand the content opportunities with improv and also to grow the theater from a business perspective because in the end you're running a business. Yes. Um, and so you're looking at different ways to, to monetize the great content that you're creating. Yes. And, and that which is been very exciting for people in need of content because we create a different play every night. So we're very used to creating content and um, uh, we've done work, uh, Steve Kieran and I have done work, uh, basically we've we called it the living storyboard where we go in with a group of animators and writers and producers and they're able to sort of say, play the character this way, play it in this scene, play it that way and punch up uh, the script in a way that is in real time and they can see different choices being made as opposed as opposed to spending six weeks 
at the you know board trying to animate a three minute segment. So you're really helping them develop their characters. And then I know I brought you guys in when I was at a big agency gig, and um, you worked with the teams to just connect them better. Yes, and that's the thing. I think in our corporate engagement that that we've been doing for a long time now, the thing that is resonant with with corporations is the fact that it changes culture, gets people to know each other better. Um, a lot of the time we're brought in at the early part. Uh, we used to get brought in by a consultant, a big consultant, you know, one of the big six or big four now, whatever it is, to come in and be the, the um, uh, icebreaker for the first couple of weeks so that the consultant and the clients could get to know each other as people, figure out how they communicate before they got down to the nitty gritty of whatever that change was. And it's, we go back to corporations a year later and the, the lexicon and the language and hopefully the, the ethics that we've left are still in place. And, um, and also like one of the, uh, we worked at an animation company real quick they changed the relationship in their personal lives. A guy told me last week, you completely changed the way I play with my daughter. Oh my God, that's just, that's amazing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back on the Tech Hat Show, we're going to talk more to Dan O'Connor, who's the producing artistic director of Impro Theater, about how you're using some of the latest technology to grow the theater, create more content, and build your audience. So we'll be back in a moment, apparently with my cat as well, on the Tech Hat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. All right, everybody, we are back with the fabulous Dan O'Connor, who is the producing artistic director of Impro Theater, which is a growing theater company in Los Angeles based on improvisational content, unscripted content. Um, and Dan's been giving us some background to the theater, but more importantly, as a modern theater company, you're using a lot of technology to further the company. Can you give us some ideas of some of the things that you're exploring? Yeah, we, we uh, like everybody and their brother, we've dipped our toes into the VR pool. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, because we realized that experience, because it's so um, visceral. visceral, it is it's such a visceral yeah. experience that 
Um, and improvisation is a visceral art form. Um, I mean, we're we're trying to change what the definition of theater is, really. Uh, but we did a, a VR uh, pilot a couple months ago, and it, it turned out fantastic. The idea of using improvisation to create stuff uh, on the fly. The other thing is, of course, the streaming stuff where the audience is giving us suggestions over the net. Right. So you so you do this really interesting. Well, we'll go back to VR in a minute, but you do a fundraiser every, every year. And this yeah. year you last year you did it all on Facebook Live. Yes. Uh, and so it was, explain what it is. It's 24 hours of improv. It's 30 hours. 30, oh, it's 30 hours. Yeah, okay. it's basically, I mean, a lot of people have seen their local public television uh, pledge drives. Yeah. Well, we're doing that over 30 hours with, uh, I think, 30 different shows, maybe maybe oh, 20. Oh, it's called Pledge Drive Unscripted. Unscripted. That's right, correct, yeah. Right. Uh, and this year it's being hosted by the fictitious couple uh, the Monroe, uh, the Monroe, Mr. and Mrs. Monroe, who hosted our holiday show at the Brook. But um, but the idea is like the Jerry Lewis telethon or something like that. There's tons of entertainment. It's variety. And we're streaming it. And the interesting thing last year was we had more people watching it online than we had in the theater. Right. And that was OK because it was people, terrific. Right. And so you used Amiibo camera. Yeah. Um, which I love, and uh, I actually got you the Mevo camera because uh, I should have disclosed that I'm sitting on your board. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just a fan. But um, uh, use the Mevo camera. Somebody was switching it on the iPad or iPhone. Yeah. And your entire 30 hours were, sh were pushed to Facebook on that Mevo. Yes. Um, and then you connected pledging, mo donating money to that. Yes. And we had, you know, online auctions. We had, you know, different things that people could do both online and in and at the space. Um, but the Mevo this year, they're building. We're rebuilding the booth, and I'm actually going to have a seat so that I can cut in real time with the Mevo. Which That's I'm, great. I'm excited about. And now they have. Um, I was just at NAB, and now they have switchers for the Mevo, so you can. Actually, oh, really? You can actually have two or three Mevos. If you're, you know, oh. so, so, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, it's like directing Monday Night Football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can really do a lot with that and have multiple streams or even in multiple theaters or however you're going to do it. But, um, and have you, do you think live streaming for a theater company, I know that like the Metropolitan Opera and some of these big institutions are doing that as well and monetizing it. And the National Theater in England as and well, the, yeah. So they're, they're taking uh, major performances and streaming them live and then monetizing them to a certain extent. Do you think this is going to be something that you do always as a model, live streaming? Yeah, I, I think, you know, improvisation is, it, I mean, if you drive to most cities in the United States and definitely in Europe, for sure in Europe, there's an improv group or three in or any ten, city, in any city. And, right. it, and sometimes there's, you know, there's small groups, um, in really small towns it, because everybody loves doing it. It's very communal. And I think just to step off the, the tech train for a second, I yeah. think improv is a growth industry. Actually, it's, it's a tech point as well because of digital distraction and the fact that people are so glued to screens, um, and I did a TED talk about this, about the fact that we should have improv narrative improvisation taught in schools, because, you know, in 20 years, kids are not not going to no cursive, no yeah. cursive. And, and also how to engage because yeah. you can swipe right to get a date or whatever it is. You're um, not developing any skills. No, you don't have any game. You know? yeah, yeah. How are you going to chat somebody up at a party when all you've used before is your right finger? Right, you right. Know? Um, 
And that's funny going up to someone and just going swipe. Okay, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. And, and that so so I, I, I spoke at this conference last week that was educators and uh, it had everybody from therapists to theater teachers talking about improv being a growth industry, uh, no matter what part of tech or what part of the corporate world you're in, communication is at a premium because people need to engage. So as we get closer and closer to the singularity yeah. and, and uh, robots taking over the world, um, we need to be able to find ways to engage more. And this is basically teaching people how to engage and how to listen. The dynamic that always resonates when we go into places is how many times you've been in a meeting and you're just waiting for someone's mouth to stop moving because you've already got your idea. Pre- your idea is already there as opposed to really listening to the person and being changed by that and maybe in, you know, yes, ending their idea with the one that you have. Right. And my other favorite technique or whatever you want to call it from my days of doing long form was that you're always looking in the back mirror mm-hmm. of what just happened to feed into what's about to happen next. Right. Because that's fodder, that's meat. And so, so often in life, you're like just, you know, looking at what's next and you're not paying attention to what you just learned. Yeah. So Im- Im- improv taught me that, that you have to pay attention and bring it with you. Well, that, that's the things people are so obsessed with what's next yeah. that they forget that life is happening right now. And that sort of, you know, Ram Das, be here now or, yeah. you know, be present. Dan made a fist when yeah. he said be here now. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm for all the people who want to stay in the moment. Um, and that's a Keith Johnson thing is an improviser is like a person walking backwards. They don't know where they're going. They've only know, they only know where they've been. And I think, uh, especially in the world of business, people are so obsessed with what's next that they're not paying attention to what's now, which completely informs what's next. Now, um, also, we, we've talked about just uh, when we were strategizing about ways to get the word out about what you guys are doing. Um, have you explored a lot of short form video, like recording great scenes and then putting them on YouTube and monetizing that way? Is that a b- big part of your strategy now? That's, that's, uh, that's the, the next step for us. Um, we just shot some um, Jane Austen stuff that we, we really like, and we're, we're trying to find, we're trying to find ways to engage with the community and have them be part of it. Um, it's, that's the reason why I think, um, we have a leg up on the Metropolitan Opera or (laughs) or the National Theater is that we're going to do theater that people can affect from their, you know, desktop at home. So you see them texting in or tweeting in questions, um, or suggestions. Or suggestions, or we did, we did one show where we actually had, somebody texting in the other lines of dialogue. Oh, how great. Yeah, so that they, you know, the actor, there was one actor on stage and another actor with a phone who was getting their lines from somebody online. That's so cool. And then on the VR side of things, do you see improvised VR as being a new art form? I do. I think that... Will it be choices? Will someone be making interactive choices inside the narrative? Well, or? that's, I think that's where we kind of want to go is the idea of being able to be in a situation, you know, you're at a house party in, in the VR world and people are interacting with you. Um, that first person user experience of being able to, you know, engage with people online who are watching them. That would, that would be mind blowing to me is, is VR with the connectivity of, of streaming. Yeah. The, the big argument or discussion in the VR world right now is, can narrative be interactive? And so if you're coming from gaming into VR, which is a de- definitive 
track. Uh-huh. You you want interactive. And then if you're coming from filmmaking and storytelling, you want it to be narrative. And so there's a lot of like, you know, debate in the community right now. Can VR be interactive and narrative? Yeah. And, you know, do you think it, it can be? I think it can be. I think also separately, those work dandy. I, I would love to just do a narrative VR. I, I think one of the things we've been talking about with everybody in the VR world is about movement. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of this is and about choice. Mm-hmm. And the whole teleportation thing is frustrating for me right now because as a as a storyteller, I want to be able to let people have choice. Yeah. And that's not possible at this point. And then there's the whole aspect of making people sick because they're moving too fast. And they, right. You know. And now you can drop. I've seen a lot of um, museum, the future of museum uh-huh. and the future of education, where you are taking a historical figure or you're taking the artist uh, or the curator and using what they call volumetric video, they're literally taking a live video stream and dropping it in the VR experience. Uh-huh. So you do feel like, you know, you see Princess Leia bending down and handing you something uh-huh. in the environment or the artist is talking to you, which could be a great job for a lot of actors. Yeah. Too, is to play Matisse. I have always wanted to be Van Gogh. <laughs> but you want to keep your ears. I want to keep my ears. <laughs> and then on the, um, we'll, we'll do this for the night. We have to take a break in a moment. But okay. um, I also want to talk about how you're using modern marketing techniques and some platforms to help manage your audience because you're a small theater company growing tremendously and you're looking at how do we grow our audience. And so it's the same thing as any brand out there who is struggling with how do I get new audience? How do I grow that audience? And then how do I keep that audience? And um, so important for um, arts programs everywhere to be really thinking like a marketer. Sure. You know, um, and so I know you do, you, you've been looking at social media, um, using Facebook. Um, have you guys done stuff with Snapchat? We, we haven't done stuff with Snapchat, but we, what we've been doing all this month actually is this campaign um, called Your Story Starts Here because we want to engage the community, but it's it's the people who are in the community who are doing 30 second, 40 second videos, uh, testimonials about how improvisation, you could do one, yeah. how improvisation has changed the way they are in the world. Oh yeah, and, okay. And why they enjoy the community. And because it's 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 more than just, I'm taking an improv class or I'm taking an acting class. I'm, I'm taking a class that I'm invested in and that has changed the way I go on third dates and the <laughs> way I, I, I address you know, um, board meetings. Yeah. I mean, uh, talking about my, uh, cat that was just jumping around here, being with a cat is very improvisational because you really don't know what they're going to do next. Right. <laughs> and, and certainly Dan and I were talking about how improv has really for me, since I did it for so long, um, in my twenties and thirties and I'm right now, but when I was doing it, <laughs> it, it has helped me be a great, uh, public speaker. Um, an interviewer, I think, because I'm used to being on my feet. And you're present. And I yeah. think that that's something that is that is a lot. It's challenging for people, especially if you're particularly introverted, the idea of being present. Um, there's a it's changed um, 
the way we do things. We 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 started incorporating the teachings of Patsy Rodenberg, who's an English Shakespeare teacher. Oh, interesting. Uh, who talks about uh, she wrote a book called The Second Circle, which is the Second Circle is about being present with you right now. Mm-hmm. And most of us live our lives either in first circle, which is just our little silo self, mm-hmm. and not reaching out to the rest of the world, or in third circle, which is handy if you want to clear a theater during a fire. But it's kind of like having a conversation with somebody who's an aerosol can. Right, right. There's, there's too much coming out. So, of you. second circle is the intimacy. Second circle is the circle of engagement, and um, she talks about it. And I, I always tell people to Google her. She's because there's a, a small YouTube video about her work, and she tells a story about Maasai warriors who lived around lions. And she said, "Do, do you? Does anybody ever get eaten?" And she said, "Only." The guy said to her, only when we're drunk. Oh, my God, because they're not. they're not in second circle. And the rest of the time, they're present. Um, I mean, you, it's a metaphor for everyday life in, in to the, Not to get eaten. In the West All right, well, we're, we don't want to get eaten, so we're going to take a break. Okay. And come back in second circle. Okay. To talk more with Dan about how um, you're leveraging some social platforms and other modern techniques to grow your audience um, and how... Theater companies are brands. Yes. Um, leveraging the latest tech trends. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Dan O'Connor. Radio voice Dan O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hey, everybody. Great to be back. We are talking with Dan O'Connor, who is the producing artistic director of Impro Theater, which is a unscripted theater company in Los Angeles or improvisational theater company. Just digging into not only the fabulousness of improv, but also how how Dan and co are looking at leveraging modern tools. So one of the things you and I are always talking about is how do we grow your audience? Yes. And people love coming to see the show. So how do you manage having them come back? You know, and and what is that? Like, how do you do what we would call in the marketing world CRM, customer relationship management? Well, we just moved over to a new CRM, which we're very excited about. And unfortunately, I can't speak in massive detail about it because I'm (laughs) on the creative side of the company. But um, but I'm very excited by what I've been told. Um, Ovation Ticks is going to do for us. And so that's the name of the platform, Ovation that's, that's the name of the platform, and it will handle our not only our school, but also our shows. And um, one of the things we're, we're trying to do is say, 
Laurie H. Schwartz takes a, a, a class. Yeah, a class in, in improvised singing. One, you know, six months ago. Oh my God, that would have been a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. Uh, oh, we know. <laughs> okay, but but say you take a class in in, in whatever you you mm-hmm. fancy, and then six months beyond that, there's another one coming around. We we're trying to get to the point where we're you know. Uh, trying to address customer needs. So the idea that that class has popped up, an automated email goes to you and going, hey, Lori, we know you enjoyed that class uh, last year. We're doing another one. Um, That sort of thing, the same thing with audience retention, Um, keeping track of who likes what and when. Um, There's some people, we because um, Impro Theater's business plan over the last five years has been touring LA County. I mean, we tour outside and around the world, but our main focus for the main company has been inside of LA County from Santa Monica all the way to Rancho Cucamonga. (laughs) And, um, but that idea of, you know, we're zip codes and preferences and all that stuff being on uh, included in the CRM so that we, we know how to reach people. Um, The cool thing about, about, improvisational theater and an unscripted format is that people come back time and time again. Right. And they're not seeing the same show. Right. And so you want to grab them. And the, the you're talking about a really interesting uh, challenge, which is you're playing at a theater company that people subscribe to in a different part of town. Um, and that theater company owns those people, really. Yeah. So, but you want access to them, right? And we've been uh, we've been lucky in that a number of the theaters that are presenting us share that information, um, uh, and which you know, our feeling is any theater is good theater if people are going to it. Not not from a qualitative standpoint, but the idea that we all want to share and, and uh, have, audience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and. People like the audience when we're in San Diego, the audience that comes to see us in San Diego is a a large part of them are not regular audience members of that theater. So they like having us there because we bring in people who wouldn't normally go there. You bring a new audience. Yes. Yeah. So you're so you're really um, opening up the the pipeline for them for new consumers. Yes. And older theaters who, you know. There's a there's an older demographic for theaters, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we do is we bring younger you know bodies in, mm-hmm. um, which is terrific. Um, and and our our world our demographic is very schizophrenic, and managing that is kind of the new challenge because we have a lot of twenty and thirty somethings who just like improv, and we have people you know north of sixty who are theater goers who who have discovered this you know, new form of theater that they can go to that's not $100 a pop, that they're always going to be surprised and always going to be engaged It's such a fun night to just go. Yeah. Um, And then you want to grab them. And then you're also using some of this to get data out of your students, right? And figure out, like, what are their next steps in the company are going to be. Right. And um, we're trying to do something that I think sounds impossible for anybody who's run a theater school, but we're, we're trying to do it, which is we're really trying to help each individual student with whatever their particular matriculation is, whatever, whatever their growth is going to be and understand that. And when you're talking about, I mean, what is qualitative when you're talking about somebody's ability or talent, it's re- it can be really personal in a way. So how do you make sure you're taking care of the individual inside of this big school? Yeah, you're really talking about like, you know, the consumer's journey, which is what marketers talk about all the time. You're talking about when someone enters the world of impro theater, how do we move them through the school 
and maybe get them into the main company or maybe get them to do shows in our theater or something. And so you're plotting the path by creating using this tech. Yes. Like we've created classes. We have a number and I, I, I'm not using this term as a pejorative, but we have a number of civilians. Mm -hmm. We have, we have people who are not performers. They're contractors. They're, they're tech people, uh, they're lawyers, uh, they're industry people who work behind the scenes. They're tech cats. They're tech cats. <laughs> and they want somewhere that, what in, you know, the intellectual equivalent of joining a softball team yeah. or something like that. So they, we created classes that are about just getting together and telling stories and improvising every week. And they're some of the warmest students that, you know, that I've ever had the opportunity to teach because they're just there to have fun. There's no sort of carrot of being on Saturday Night Live or or whatever it is. Right. Um, Which is what the Groundlings and some of the, and Second City. Right? Well, a lot of the SNL cast members have come out of the Groundlings and that's a sketch-based world that, you know, it's obvious it's a long road to go, but if you wanted to be on SNL, that would be a, a good place for you to be. All right. That's, um, that's my wife calling. Me. She's, she's, a, she's a groundling. <laughs> that's right. Your yeah. wife is a groundling. Yeah. Um, and tell everybody her name so they can- Edie Patterson. Edie yeah. Patterson. Very talented uh, actress and improviser as well. Very talented family. Yes. Well, I'll plug her show that's coming up, HBO's yes. Vice Principals this summer. Oh, is she in that? Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. And you have a talented cat as well. I have a very talented cat. Demanding, <laughs> but talented. It's good to have talented Incredibly improvisational as well. Now, when you look at your, your content making machine, uh-huh. so are you guys, and I know you have someone handling your marketing, are you constantly looking at what platform should we create for, like doing stuff with Twitter, doing stuff with, you know, Periscope or Facebook Live or YouTube or anything like that? Like, do you guys strategize about it? Or? We're, we're uh, well, other uh, aspects of what we're doing, well, can I talk about stuff? I'm trying to think. Yes, we are strategizing about how to how to do that and how we can. I'll get you drunk if you want. So okay, you do. great, fantastic. <laughs> he told her everything. Uh, but you know, the idea of using that, we're, we're trying to figure out, like the streaming, which is our next big project, which mm-hmm. is the Pledge Drive Unscripted thing with all those different shows, and those different shows will be streamed differently, and there's different aspects of that, um, and then the. Broad resident. We're going to be at the Broad doing nine shows. Yeah, that's over 10 a, a well-known Santa Monica theater. Yes, in California. Yes. So we're trying to figure out how not only how we can use the content that we create every night because it's it's weird. It's sculptures and smoke. You know, once it's done, it's, it's done. done. And now what we're doing is we're figuring out how to uh, remount that um, video onto YouTube or whatever platform uh, we think might work. Or do we have our own channel? You know, uh, do we uh, take all that dialogue and put it in play form and sell it to Samuel French or have it sold through Samuel French? Um, the idea of doing short little custom stories, um, basically bespoke improv for individuals. I mean, that's right. one of the things that probably will be available in the online auction is people improvising scenes. Based on request. Yeah, based on request. Right. I want to see a Jane Austen thing that involves, you know, uh, my girlfriend's name and our cat or whatever it is. I don't know if you ever saw Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Did you ever see that? Yes, yes. Um, and they they that was a series by my colleague uh, Bernie Sue, who we've had on the show, and he, um, he carved out in the Jane Austen series, he carved out, money and production time to go shoot Wickham 
and uh, I forget the daughter's name that ran off with Wickham. Uh, Lydia. Lydia. Lydia, who shamed the family and yeah. ran off with Wickham, and then um, they arranged for him to marry her. But um, he saved money based on his audience's suggestion to shoot that scene so that they could finally see it. Uh-huh. Because in the novel, it's just discussed, but right. you don't really see it. Right. And so now improv and this kind of world and all this tech is helping filmmakers and creatives respond to their audience in a new way. Do you see ever doing like no live audience and all of it coming from digital platforms? Well, I don't think there will ever be a time where we don't do live audiences. But I think that, yes, I think that the idea of doing Jane Austen in a beautiful green, like we did with these commercials that we yeah. just shot, where we shot in Griffith Park. Uh, and for those of you who are local to Los Angeles, Griffith Park, a lot of the times is brown because it doesn't get a lot of water. But because of all the rain this year, it looked like England. So we went out at the height of the greenery and we shot um, three commercials in a day um, that were all Jane Austen based. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I see us doing full-length improvised films. I mean, Mike Lee in England does... Yeah, he was famous for that. Yeah, and there's... this. So that's kind of an inspiration to me as well as Christopher Gaston and and even um, uh, Larry David. What about um, the first guy who really did it, uh, married to... Um, oh, my gosh, the blonde actress. Yeah. John Chris- Cassavetes. Cassavetes. Oh, yes. Cassavetes was kind of famous for yeah. shooting just... Act- he just said, here's what I want you to do in the scene. Yeah. Um, I was sort of new agey yeah, 60s. Gina Rollins. Gina Rollins, yeah, right. They they did Rollins. a lot of improv on camera. Yeah. Um, but now you can really have fun with it because it could be live or or short form is popular for these other media platforms. So yeah. you can have a lot of fun. Ha- has there been a lot of success of shooting improv and posting it and people digging it? Or is it too hard to have high quality video in improv because you don't know where the actors are going to go. So you can't pre-stage it and can't figure it out. How to answer that question without offending a great sea of people uh, who are doing uh, it. Well, there's, there's stuff out there. I, to be honest, I have not seen a lot of stuff. I've seen some VR comedy that I just thought, why did they let, do that? Let, yeah. Why did they do that? Um, and, uh, and I've seen some, you know, online improv that is, fairly diabolical there's also some funny stuff uh, that's not to say that um um there isn't but uh i'm looking forward to doing more and and i would that the production value has always been the thing because the bug about, right yeah because you want to be able to do it you know in some lush gigantic uh, environment yeah um and uh because there's a, a a lot of things that are done in sort of you know somebody's living room and Maybe they're funny. Maybe there's a little bit of content there, but there is also something that makes it feel like a home video. That's so cool. All right, we're going to take a break in a moment. Maybe when we come back, uh, I want to hear more about what shows are coming up for you. Okay. Um, and also, Dan O'Connor, what are you doing? Can I talk about oxytocin? I don't see why not. Okay. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll be back to talk more about where you see also, I'm just asking you this spontaneously because it is an uh, improv show, uh-huh. um, where you see tech and theater going. Okay. Um, so we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous and famous Dan O'Connor. <laughs> Um, who is the producing artistic director of Impro Theater, a popular growing theater company in Los Angeles, well known for unscripted improvisational work.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hey, everybody. We are back on the Tech Cat Show with Dan O'Connor, the producing artistic director at Impro Theater, and we've been improvising. We have. Um, uh, we didn't know what we were going to say no, an hour we had ago. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of true for most of my interviews, but <laughs> no, there is a structure. I do a lot of prep. Uh-huh. Um, but with with Dan, I've known Dan for years, and so do you have a vision for where you see theater and tech going? Because you and I are always talking about, okay, let's do this with Twitter, let's do this, let's do that. But do you do you uh, see it see it going anywhere? Do you see theater and 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 tech coming together in a different way than it is now? Totally. Um, I I think. You know, we we have an announcement before every show that if your cell phone goes off, we will use it in the show. <laughs> um, and we have done on occasion. Uh, most people are, are pretty good about turning off their tech. But, um, but I also see the possibility of doing other shows where we embrace that. And um, a very, very quick sidebar that Rude Mexer, a great theater company out of Austin, did a show at the Kirk Douglas where they got people to write stuff down at the beginning of the show. And it was used during the, during a scripted show that they did. What we did with the holiday show at the Broad this year is we had people in the lobby write down things. And then we decorated a Christmas tree with all of their suggestions. Oh, interesting. So everybody in the audience, there were 400 people each night, we, we would take their suggestions off the tree to improvise something. But that got us thinking about, well, let's embrace the fact that everybody's got a phone and have real time suggestions on screen um, and and make that part of the show. So the audience is now also writing the show with us as opposed to just giving us a couple of suggestions. That's at the, great. And and that also we've talked about having our tech, our lights and sound um, being on stage with us so that you're seeing inside the watch. 
right, you know, right. being able to, uh, Michelle Spears is one of our company members, a big advocate of let's just crack it open. Um, we do do the sound, like when you come to see our shows, there's mics on either side and you can see the actors providing the voice of God or the, you know. Or the, doing any sound effects. Any sound any, effects. Yeah, that's actually the fun part about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or a phone call coming in. Right. Um, and so that idea of, uh, like Noir, we weren't able to pull it off when we did the big 1,200-seat show at the John Anson Ford, but initially we wanted to have um, the back rear screen projection like they do in the in the real noir movies but have a rig where people are driving around on stage and you can see Mulholland behind them right right um, right so or, using projection to enhance the storytelling right <laughs> and being able to depending on the genre also use real-time camera stuff so you have screens where you could do a flashback where it's in black and white, you know, or have a letter in Jane Austen that's being read at a different location, which is just behind a flat. With, oh, that's so cool. So you, you could know, have almost a library of video assets that you pull up and incorporate into the show. Yes. And that's been the, our techs in the last two years, especially Maddie Goff, uh, have, have really embraced what the possibilities are and so we've like we have a green screen now in one of the studios that we're using to do all of our uh, pr on because we can do anything with it um so there's it, so you shoot commercials using the green screen and, yeah and then, we, we shoot promos for all the, the shows on the green screen we're able to do tons of different things with that um but we're we're figuring out how what is the next step because it's like being a, a money night football director in that things are happening in real time and you have to compensate for them. So when Maddie did the noir show, she was calling it in real time with two spotlights, with sound, with lights, with a fog machine, you know, all, yeah. all sorts of things. So there's there's all that possibility of putting the tech on the stage and having it being part of it. Like if we were on Broadway next month, I think we would have a two-story set that could be anything. You know, it could be a doll's house, basically like a giant doll's house that could be reshaped to be um, a, to be any to be anything any any category that you choose to do your any genre right that you choose to do do your show like we build the set right now for play unscripted which is at the studio um, we build it in front of the audience which they're fascinated oh that's so and, I love that yeah and they get to pick what we're doing is it ever going to be like um, where people dial in through Skype and talk to you while you're performing you know it makes me think of Fahrenheit 451 where all the walls are right people reacting to each other well we've done we did a theater sports match with a group in Aarhus Denmark oh my goodness and we were on we were in a small you know video wall in LA and they were on they were in a festival at 11 o'clock at night in in Denmark with a video wall that was probably you know 30 by 20 or something and we played a show with them and the connection was good enough that we were playing scenes with each other. How fun is that? That really opens up a world of opportunity. Yeah, because then you don't have to jump on a plane if you want to play in a show in Denmark over the weekend. Oh, my God. I love that. Um, now, where 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 can we find you next? What's coming up for Dan O'Connor and Impro? Uh, what's coming up for Impro is that we're about to start this residi residency in the Broad Stage in Santa Monica in September. You can go to improtheater.com to find out about that. And that's where all you can find about all your shows. Yes. And the student shows and the studio shows as well. Um, we're going to the uh, Kansas Festival in Arkansas 
Uh, we're going up to the Pacific Northwest. I'm not sure of the dates yet. Um, I think in Kansas there'll be a lot of pie, is what I understand. Yes. Ar- yeah. It's it's Arkansas, but the name of the festival is... Oh, okay. Uh, a, a Kansas? A K- yeah. 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 But uh, yes, there's pie There's pie all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and we've, we're so glad we've gotten to a point where we don't do shows just for pie. Right, right. Yeah. You've moved past we move, we've being moved, paid by pie. Yeah, we used to. The, the 90s were really hard on our waistlines. <laughs> Just getting paid in pie. Um, but uh, as far as uh, what I'm doing, I've been doing a lot of work um, uh, with an a- with animated film, doing improvisation to help them with the story, and also doing uh, and the corporate work uh, to bring bring in impro theater and you and other people in to help companies navigate. And that's ongoing all the time. Yeah. And we work with everybody from the HR department to sort of get people to be connected to each other to specific we've done uh whole um paradigm shifts where the company's been bought by somebody else and everyone's got to learn the new narrative of whatever that whatever their new overlord is yeah and and people find that having us come in makes that a little bit more palatable for the rank and file the idea that people can talk about it and they can they can talk about their fears of this change and process that um, so it's really at the key of, again, that human connection, that, that second circle that you were talking about before. What about on, on Twitter? Are you a Twitterer? Are you a Facebooker? Where, um, um, Emily Jacobson. Shout out to Emily Jacobson is our Twitter maven. And uh, so, so you're posting stuff there? Yeah. Uh, Impro Theater. Um, at Impro Theater. And what about, is there an at Dan O'Connor? Uh, yes, danoconnor.net. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Dano, Dano Impro is my is my Twitter handle. Dano Impro. Okay, great. Um, um, that's yeah. great. So we can follow you. So if you are a Los Angeles native, definitely check out Impro Theater. And if you want to have a really great theater company come to you, whether live or through some of these new tech platforms, yes. um, reach out to Dan O'Connor. Yes, Dan um, at improtheater.com. Dan at improtheater.com. Yeah. And you'll, you'll learn more. Doing so many interesting things. It's been such a pleasure to have you dan o'connor who is the producing artistic director at impro theater in los angeles one of the coolest hottest theater companies growing in in los angeles so great to have you talk to us about how you're using tech and also how improv is really a problem solver for relationships in all parts of your life yes well it's a little fun fact before we go yeah that narrative good story uh increases your oxytocin in your brain it's it's why we click on click on uh texts makes us feel good um it's why you uh it was why we engage it's why when people are like we train salespeople all the time oh. because to help to tell the story engages somebody it you know uh, when so. you when you mentioned earlier uh talking about that i thought you meant oxycodone the drug and i was like why why do why you want to talk no Improv as a sedative. No, no, improv as basically natural caffeine. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first from Dan O'Connor. Dan O. Improv. What is it? Uh, Dan at Improv Theater. Dan at Improv Theater. And the theater is R-E, not E-R. That's right. Yeah. Um, Because they're fancy. Yeah. (laughs) This is Lori H. Schwartz, your tech cat. And hopefully we'll be coming to you next week with another fascinating guest. I don't know if we can really beat this episode. It'll never be done. It'll never be done. And make sure you go out there and get some pie. Yes. As well, because it's, you can get paid in pie. Yeah. Is apple pie like higher payment than, say, cherry pie, or are all the pies equal? It depends on the gig. Ah. Yeah. Well, apparently we're all going to be paid in ruples soon. Yes. Things keep going. <laughs> going. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're signing off here. Have a great day. Join us again on the Tech Cat Show.
Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 